Greetings everyone. Welcome back to the second episode of my story. Thank you all for listening. Um, today, um, now that I've given a, a background of what happened and how I got here, from now onwards going forward, I'll just be sharing my experiences since um, the passing of my late husband. The idea is to encourage someone that um, you can survive these kind of things. It's hard, yes, but one can survive. So today I'm just going to talk about um, I'm going to talk about um, the time when, okay, that was just um, after, yeah, soon after the passing of my late husband, how I felt about my family. This was from the time of the funeral until a couple of months later. So what happens is when something like this happens to you, your family does not want to to dwell on that. Yes, they want to help you heal, but um, they are also eager to let you know that you are young and eventually you will move on. You will find someone who will comfort you and all that kind of stuff. But from where I was at that time, I felt like they were trying to make me forget something that meant everything to me. I'll just uh, start with, um, I'll tell you about in the Shona culture, there's this belief that if you've been wheedled at a young age and you bath during the course of the funeral, you will not move on. <clears throat> so that was the first biggest concern. People did not want me to bath. So in my head, I was thinking, oh wow, this is day three of losing this person, and already you're telling me I should not be bathing because if I bath, I'm not going to be able to move on. From where I was, I didn't want to move on. All I wanted was my dead husband to come back to life. Now, here you are telling me that, no, don't bath. You bath on the last day of the burial. You're not supposed to bath throughout the funeral. It brought this bitterness in me. I was so upset because for the longest time, people had loved this relationship. My family had adored us. And then all of a sudden... They want me to forget about him. Oh, that's how I took it. So I ignored it. I took a bath, I passed throughout, and I I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't want to believe in all this um, Shona culture, and I wasn't even bothered. But I was just left with this disappointment in me that everyone's concern is about what I'm going to do after when I'm still dealing with what has just happened. So, I must say, I was very bitter for a long time, though I didn't share it with anyone. 
I think at that time, the only person I could confront was my sister. Here and there, I used to tell her how I felt about it, about their concern about me moving on. And over and over again, they had to, she had to explain that they were not trying to make me forget him. They were just trying to make me see that in future, I could meet someone and be happy again, which wasn't my biggest concern then. So, however, I eventually got over those feelings towards my my family and I realized that, oh well, they don't really mean harm, though they don't exactly know that um, if someone <laughs> loses someone um, she considered a soulmate, I don't think the first thing they want to hear is um, you will move on, you'll be happy again. So I think for peop- for everyone who's listening, that's one thing also that um, you can just try and be cautious about if you're going to be dealing with someone who just lost a partner. Being told that they'll be happy again and they're still young is the last thing they want to hear. Of course, the widow knows already that she's young. Definitely she knows. But then she didn't know that she was going to be a widow. And now that it has just happened, she doesn't even know if she wants to meet anyone. Given a choice, maybe she'll still choose the same person who just died. So I personally feel that that is the biggest mistake anyone can make in trying to comfort someone who just lost a spouse. Don't tell them they'll move on. Don't tell them they'll find someone. Because that only hurts more. Because in in the ideal world, that person did not want to meet anyone or move on from the person that they've lost. So saying that only fuels the hurt that the person is already experiencing. And um, it's, 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 it's sad I had to experience this because through family, but well, because it's me, I eventually got over it and um, started looking at life in a more realistic way. He was not coming back and I had to move on with life. So... I think just about probably three months after the passing of my late husband, I decided now I needed to go back to work. I had stopped um, taking care of myself. Well, I didn't really care how I looked at that time. I was home most of the time, crying, asking God questions and not getting any responses. But then um, sometime in January, I decided, no, I needed to go back to work and start looking good, feeling good, keeping myself occupied and probably start to leave again.
and that is exactly what I did in January I went back to work and I went back to my usual self because I told myself um, I don't think this guy would really appreciate seeing me looking shabby when I'd always been <coughs> um, the on-point person when he was still alive. So I just told myself, you know what, I can maintain that because it's not like if I look shabby, this guy is going to come back to life. So that decision wasn't too hard to make. It was very easy to make myself see how I needed to leave again. So, yes, I went back to work. I uh, I changed my workplace. I, I changed the place that I, I was at. I felt this was also better since the people from my previous work knew my story. I didn't want to be pitied. That's one thing that I did not want at that time. I didn't want pity. I didn't want people to constantly check on me, how I was doing. So, yes, I feel that changing the environment would be ideal and it helped. I met new people. Well, eventually they became aware of what I was going through, but <clears throat> it wasn't that deep, so that was fine for me. So, yes, I, I started leaving again bit by bit. Sometimes, yes, I'd cry at work during the very first days. These days, I don't do it much unless um, it's just one of those days. But yeah, during the first few days, I would cry at work sometimes. But um, eventually, I I healed from, from that. And I was managing to just uh, put up a smile and go through the day, then cry at home whenever I felt the need to cry. And um, the part where I looked good all the time, that helped. It's true that when you look good, you feel good. The looking good for me helped me keep my head above the water. Because nothing on my outer image said anything about my story. So the popular compliments were, ah, you don't look like a widow or you don't look like you've just lost a husband. You don't look like you're grieving. So this is where you see that, oh, so society does associate grief, loss, and a certain, with a certain image. There's a way they expect you to look. Like, no, you look too good to be a widow. And I don't think those comments are fair because the fact that I've lost someone doesn't mean I have to look different from the other person who's still married and and happy. I I lost someone years, but what does that have to do with my hair? What does that have to do with the way I dress? You you know what I mean. So I think our society has that problem where they want to associate loss with a certain image like if you look miserable then it's fine they really know you're grieving and when you look good now you get all these compliments 
I remember this one time someone said to me, ah, the way you look, we are the ones who are supposed to be looking like that. And I just looked at her and thought to myself, okay, so the widow is supposed to look like um, what exactly? You have a person in your life. You're not supposed to look like a widow. Why are you looking like a widow? That is not my problem if you are looking like a widow. I don't look like a widow because I'm choosing not to look like one. So it was just a matter of choice. I made a decision that I was going to leave. And that was the first step to my healing process because it helped me a lot and it um, took me out of this very, very dark space I was in when I was staying at home, feeling everything around me. So, yeah. That's just the bit that I wanted to talk about today. So, if there's anyone who's lost that important person, that very special person that he or she had, the first thing after your loss is choosing to leave because you are left behind and you've got a whole life to to leave even though you don't know when you will die too but at this point you've got a life and you have to make a choice that you're going to leave I'll end here today thank you for listening I will catch you guys on the next episode